Welcome back, everybody, to the Thrive Street Podcast, where we talk about creating change in our lives and in the world around us. I'm your host, Jeremy Jones, and this is Ann Lundy, not Hi, Gigi. <laughs> so it's so a little bit different, different podcast today. I wanted to bring on Ann. Ann is the person who's been helping me with Thrive Street. She's one of the people that's been helping me with Thrive Street. And if you guys have been doing the Spark programming, you might have noticed that she's the one who's, who's crafting a lot of those posts. So she and I create that programming together. Um, she's been kind of taking on different pieces and parts of it, but uh, including the, the uploading of, of those documents. Um, but we're going to get to know Anne today, and uh, she's going to talk about what she's been doing and uh, you know, her, her sort of background um, in this whole fitness thing. And then also, uh, uh, then we're also going to talk about this article from the New York Times about procrastination. And so, so I think everybody struggles a little bit with procrastination, um, some more than others. Um, I haven't thought, put a lot of thought into it. I keep putting it off. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> That was a joke. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, no, but, but uh, it's, it's a really interesting perspective on procrastination that you probably haven't realized. And, and I think Ann and I both thought it was really interesting because it's something that kind of spoke to both of us individually. So, Ann, tell us about yourself. How did, how did, we, how did we get to know each other and, uh, and all that stuff? And how did you get into this whole fitness thing? Um, well, I met you through your wife, actually. Your wife and I have been friends for going on 19 years. Yeah, so you've known my wife longer than I have. Yeah, yes. And you were the one that actually got me into CrossFit. So I've been doing CrossFit for 12 years. Um, Jamie, your wife, said, hey, Jeremy's opened this gym. He needs people to come check it out. And I said, okay, I'm a willing participant because at that point in my life, I was about 50 pounds overweight and I had just quit smoking and quit antidepressants. And so I was getting started on the journey to being healthier. So I went to the gym and I uh, with you, and we did Tabata everything. I think that was my first workout. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and twelve years I, ago, I wasn't the programming master I am today. No, but I couldn't do any of it. You know, I could barely squat. I think sit-ups were the only thing I could accomplish. Out well, of and, and I think you know, for those of you guys who don't know, Tabata is a twenty-second interval, ten-second rest for eight rounds. So it's four minutes, and Tabata everything is you just go through a series of different movements. Four minutes of, I don't remember if it was pull-ups and sit-ups and push-ups sit-ups and squats yeah 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 and and um it's actually not that bad of a workout especially for beginners because (laughs) because you can only do so many you know the problem is is just it it, it's going to make them really really sore and it and the problem is for more intermediate and advanced people is it's going to make you really sore (laughs) because you're going to do so many more reps and so that's why i don't really program tabata um tabata everything anymore and not to mention from a class standpoint it's just really annoying when you're coaching for multiple hours to have that, the timer beeping going oh, the timer. or having to stare at the clock and just like call yeah. out, stop, go, stop, go for, for, uh, you know, 16 yeah. minutes. So 32 times every hour. If you have four classes that day, it gets a little, Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah. So you did, so you did, didn't you, I don't remember, but I remember, I think you, you were also working part-time at like a, at a cafe at a gym. So you actually had a, a Globo gym membership, right? Didn't you work at that? Um, that that had uh, started to occur as well. So I started working out with uh, you at the shed. Yeah. Uh, and I was really getting into it. And then I took on a part-time job along with my full-time job 
to help kind of pay for my daughter's college. And at the hotel that had like, it was a club sport. Mm-hmm. So I don't had, think, I don't, how old's your daughter? Hmm, she's 30. <laughs> yeah, I just want to put that in perspective for people, especially if you're watching the video, you can see that Anne does not look like she has a 30 year old daughter. So she basically had her daughter when she was six. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to go with. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I like 36. Um, so she, so the gym was, you know, very advanced and I also, lived on a very good trail so I started doing a lot of running as well and just kind of found you know my myself in this whole process because before I was just you know working and working and I didn't really you know I felt sore all the time and I just had aches and pains yeah yeah so so it's actually probably 36 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you started this, this journey and then you changed, you changed your diet too, right? And you, yeah. what was your, what was your, uh, your weight loss in, in how, um, in how much time? Uh, at that time, I probably dropped about 55 pounds. Yeah, over about a year or so. Yeah, year to 18 months. So, it's good. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, I said that's really good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's life-changing. I don't think, if you've always been thin, if you've never had a weight problem, you don't know how life-changing losing all that weight is. Just from being, uh, you just feel lighter, and then movements, you know, such as CrossFit, there it is. <laughs> this is this is the the, the the photo right this is after a mud run i think so you're doing a little bit more running i think at this time yeah yeah i my body type actually is very different from that right now so that yeah, was you, you yeah yeah you got a little bit more muscle on you now but you yeah. have some abs there and yeah uh, i love uh, how i love how in this photo you're also um drinking a starbucks <laughs> oh and i guarantee you that was a caramel macchiato Mm. It was probably from breakfast because I my breakfast every day for a while was a caramel macchiato and blueberry scone. So, um, yeah. So this was like about six or nine months apart. Uh, it's probably about a year. Oh, about a year. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So, so I mean, just huge changes. And like I said, it not only physically but also changed your life. So, so then you you continue to work in the corporate world for a while. Yeah. Right. And, uh, um, but it's still training and then you moved away. And so then you found a gym out there and where are you? Um, and, and then, then you started to get interested in coaching, right? Yeah. So I was really, after about six years of doing CrossFit, I decided, uh, I wanted to, you know, just see what the training was all about. Right. So, and I got a lot of encouragement from my husband. He's like, you would be great at this. And What's funny is in the corporate world, um, even though I wasn't a trainer, I, that was the part that I enjoyed most was helping people on board and getting them going. So, um, so I went and did my level one and I just kind of snuck and did it. I didn't tell anybody about it. And then at the gym that I was at, my husband said to the owner, hey, she just got her level one. I hear you need coaches. And I'm all, shh, don't say anything. I'm not ready. Well, it's funny because that kind of ties into the procrastination thing a little bit too, right? Yeah. You didn't tell anyone because you didn't want to like fail or be embarrassed. Exactly. So um, that led into the internship. And then I started 
coaching uh, a couple nights a week, just on my own. And um, me and the corporate world eventually decided to part ways. You right? left. You escaped. <laughs> yeah, I escaped. You abandoned uh, it. I was not my best self in the corporate world, and there was just that moment of, okay, I think I'm done. And so, um, and my husband was ready for me to be done, and he said, take your cardboard box in the work and bring everything home, and I did. And Yeah. And it was, the timing was right, because I was not the main coach at my gym, but the main coach, I think a month or two after uh, I quit my job, quit being their main coach. And so that was an opportunity for me to get So more. yeah, so this is where you're at now. This is what gym are you yeah. at now? Uh, Tamil Pies CrossFit in San Rafael, California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that, that is the Marin area, for those of you guys who don't know, which is a very hoity-toity part of the Bay Area. A affluent area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I am not of the affluent. <laughs> <laughs> My husband and I live on government housing, which is why we are able to. Uh, which sounds funny, but it, he has a government job and they provide housing. Yeah. <laughs> you guys aren't in like government. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so that's pretty cool. So, and then you started coaching and you even coached at one, you even came across the bridge and coached for me for a while at one of the gyms yeah. I used to own, which was really a treat. And, uh, um, yeah. and so, but yeah, so now this is your main gig. And then, yeah. um, I was looking to expand programs and, and bring on more help to help me kind of grow this whole privacy thing. And so then, um, and we started talking about this, this program, the spark program. And, uh, but, but before we get into that a little bit more, tell me more about, so, so right now, like what's the main thing that you're interested in when it comes to coaching? Like what's, what's really like, you know, uh, I still like coaching classes. Um, I'm, and this is where the procrastination comes in. I would like to get more involved in personal training. Um, I've had a few clients over the um, last few years, and just to kind of take a step back, like when I first got my certification, I took a bunch of classes. Like I took mobility, I took weightlifting. Um, These are all the seminars you mean? Like different seminars? Yeah, through CrossFit. I was just like class and um, not really just like, it felt like, okay, all the knowledge. I need all the knowledge. And, but I didn't really have any focus, right? So about... Two years ago, I went for my weightlifting two certification um, with, and there was five of us. So there was no hiding in this class. And I realized that uh, Olympic weightlifting wasn't my passion, right? I like it. I love doing it. You like to do it, but it's not something you necessarily want to coach. Well, coach, right? And I wouldn't feel comfortable being saying that I was an Olympic lifting coach. So it, it told me that I need to figure out what aspect of CrossFit I like, you know, what, where I wanted to go and what kind of coach did I want to be. And so I realized that I like working um, with people like who are older, right? So I've worked with a lot of plus 60 women, especially. And I, that's kind of where I want my focus to go next is to just kind of get people, um, in their golden years to be as healthy as possible to enjoy their golden years as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been dealing with aging parents and, yeah. and just people, you know, and you're starting to see the decline of them right. physically. And it's something that really motivates you to say, like, I really want to help these people have a, have a better life those last 10, 20, 30 years of their life instead of right. the slow march to decrepitude. Right. 
Well, like one of my clients now, a month in, I'm sure she just was not sure this was the thing, right? But she had been told she should do some strength training. So she came to me and a month in, I have her do a lot of core work and a lot of uh, single leg, single arm work. And she said to me a month in, I can put my pants on without holding on to something now. And that was like a big accomplishment for her. Right. Like she didn't know that she was missing out on certain. Yeah. Yeah. The average person doesn't think like that. Right. They don't, right. they don't realize that like, whoa, I can't even balance on one foot. You know, what does that, right. mean? what does that mean? You know, am I, am I never going to be able to do that ever again? Is that just the way life works? Right. Right. You just feel like, oh, I'm just getting old. This is part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be. So that's, that's generally where um, I'm hoping to, um, expand my knowledge and focus is helping older people. Yeah. And so that kind of ties into what we were doing with the spark program. So the spark mm -hmm. program for those of you guys who don't know is, is our, is our pro or it's an added program. Um, so, so it's an additional programming to the main gym programming. Let me see if I can pull this up. Um, and it's basically a, a barbell less program, right? So there's no barbells and, and you can see, if you're watching the video, you'll see the, uh, the format here that we, that we came up with. And really the idea was, um, you know, I understand and all my experience and education is, is said that like, if we don't have, you know, strength training as part of our, as part of our main program, it's not a good program, right? It's good to get out and move and do sort of cardio or do, you know, Metcons or whatever, but, but ultimately we need to have some sort of strength component um, to, to, to really create longevity. And, and provide the most benefit for people's time invested. Um, that being said, there's always going to be this group of people that are intimidated by the barbell, and and um, or you have people who are a little bit older who don't need to be doing you know tons of barbell work and uh, um, these crazy intense metcons. Um, instead, we wanted to have something that was a little bit more of an option um, uh, that that integrates. I think the biggest thing. This is something you'll hear me talk about quite a bit. Um, is that having a totally separate program from your main program isn't a good scenario because what happens is, is now that those people who are in that extra program, that boot camp class or whatever you want to call it, um, they're almost never going to graduate to the CrossFit class or your main, your main programming. And the reason for that is, 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 is they don't see the connections and it's really, it's a really hard sell and you create these compartmentalization uh, problems where the, your regular CrossFitters won't go to that class and then they might, they're, they're usually a little more adventurous. And then, and then you end up with, with uh, um, but your other people won't ever go. By having the two integrated where they're doing this sim similar workouts and this, usually the same types of movements each day, you can point to, to Susan and say, hey, look, Susan, the dumbbells you used today are actually heavier than the health option in the main program. And it's almost the same workout. That's pretty awesome. And she's like, wow, yeah. And then you say, do you think maybe, you know, you'll, you, you, you can do Spark twi you know, twice a week and then do the CrossFit once a week? And then she's like, oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, look, there's a lot more of these classes on the schedule. So it's going to be easier for you to, to go to, you know, to come to the gym to your schedule. And she's like, oh, that's great. And so you can graduate people to a program that's going to create a lot more sustainability long-term. And then for your, for your main gym people, they'll be able to go to the Spark class because, you know, the problem I see, and I've seen it many times uh, with the gyms I help, that they'll have these two separate programs going and the main gym programming had a hundred and something wall balls in it. And then they come in the next day and they do, oh, I'm going to take it easy today. I'm going to do the spark class. Well, there's another hundred and something wall balls in it. Right. And that's just, that's just a recipe for soreness and, and, uh, 
and it's not good. It's not a program. They're not following a, pro, a good program. Then it's going to help them continue to get the max, the, the most results. Um, and so, so by having it be the same program, they can go back and forth. So if they want to take a day off of the main program, they can, you know, and, and so that's why it's so important. I, I believe to have the, the programs integrated versus just having it be, you know, a totally separate program. Um, so, so the spark format is, is it can be done in 45 minutes or it can be done in an hour. And the, the way we do that is we have what's called a pre-charge, which is kind of like just a, a really basic warm up. Um, if you're doing the 45 minute version, you would have people do that before class, you know, so you have them show up a few minutes early and go through. It doesn't take that long. Um, you know, no, definitely not longer than five or 10 minutes. Um, but it's, it's usually just like some rowing and some, you know, some basic stuff, some skipping rope or that sort of thing. And then, and then we have the align, which is usually like a, like a yoga flow. So it's a little bit more, um, it's, it's, a, it's designed to be, we, we repeat them. I think we have 14 or 15 different ones that we kind of cycle through because we want people to actually learn, to learn it. Like in martial arts, it's like a kata, like it, it's, it's like a, a, a little flow that they can go through. So it, once people get used to it, it's easier to coach and people can kind of do it on their own, so to speak. So the coach kind of leads everyone. They all, they all go through all these different positions together. And it's a little bit of prehab. It's a little bit of yoga. Um, but it's, you know, it's basically like stretching, um, stretching and, and uh, muscle activation stuff. Not a lot, not a lot of stretching, but really more muscle activation. Then we have what's called balance. And this isn't every day, but, but um, if we have a longer sort of workout plan, we may, we may not do it. Um, the balance is actually strength work, but we sneak it in <laughs> and it's, it's a lot of single limb work. It's a lot of, uh, um, uh, you know, so it's a lot of single leg deadlifts and single arm pressing and, you know, basic squat stuff, but, but we use dumbbells and kettlebells. And so people are again, not as intimidated because um, it's not the barbell and we're only going to spend about 10 minutes on that. So it's not a huge part of the program. And then we have the burn, which is the, um, which is just a big, you know, these circuits that are 20, sometimes 30 minutes long, lots of cycles of rest in that though, too. Um, a lot of fight gone bad style. We're doing a one minute interval so people can kind of self-regulate. Um, and, and everything is kind of written for the, the people who are just more on the beginning of their journey and less on, you know, like, so, but we have scale ups for people who want to be more advanced. And one of the things that we do differently is we don't put weights on there, right? So we let people, we say it should be light medium or heavy, you know, depending on, on what the stimulus we're looking for is. And that's all relative to them, right? So should, should it be a lightweight? Should it be a heavyweight? Um, and then, uh, and then that would be the 45 minute, just going from the align, the balance and the burn. That's the 45 minute time. And then if you, again, if you want to make it an hour, we have the bonus, which again, if you're doing the 45 minute, people would do after class, but, but it's basically just some core work and some glutes work and a little bit of, a little bit of bodybuilding, functional bodybuilding, um, for people who want that extra, that little bit extra. But yeah, so Anne has been helping us with this, and I think it's been it's been a huge success. Gyms love it. Um, most most of you guys, if you guys are if you guys are um, at a gym that doesn't have it, you should, and you're interested, you can mention it to them. Um, but just be prepared that it's it's probably going to be a little bit of an extra charge, right? So if you have a regular membership, it might be a little bit extra to go to this. this if they're going to add this class, um, you should expect to pay a little bit more for that class. Um, so what did you want to add about the Spark, Anne? Um, mostly just that it is adaptable, uh, so you can scale it up or scale it down, um, as needed. Uh, sometimes, especially if you get CrossFitters in the class, because they're trying to make, take it a little easier that day. But if we have box dips and you know that they're adept at ring dips, they can always scale up, right? Um, and I think it, I think it also allows, we give you scale up options, but I think it allows 
for the coaches to be a little creative as well and say, hey, there's, you know, we have other progressions that you can use as well. So, I think. Yeah, yeah. And we also do different movements too sometimes, you know, like sometimes you'll see things like ball slams and, and other, other movements that we don't normally do in kind of in the main programming, but, but it's there. So it kind of, it's kind of a slightly different flavor too, which is kind of neat. Um, I will say that it, it's, it's, if you're looking for a really brutal beat down, this isn't going to be it. That's not really what the, you can, you can scale it up to that. But I, I do know that like we had somebody on it that, that's, um, they, it wasn't really uh, catering to the crowd that they had. Right. So they, what they wanted was they had this extra boot camp class, but it was really just like a, you know, 30, 30, 40 minute Metcon class. And it was really more for the advanced, more advanced people. Right. And, and, uh, and so they were trying this and they're like, oh, it's not hard enough. And I feel like we're not, you know, one of the things that we have to always to be careful with with programming is we don't put too many different movements into a day. And if you have an advanced class, yeah, you could do eight, 10 different movements in multiple, you know, AMRAP, Metcons or whatever. <laughs> but the problem is, is, is uh, as coaches, if we have to teach that, like we're going to run out of time. And so if you have a workout with a bunch of rest and stuff that's 30, 40 minutes long, and you still got to warm people up and then you got to teach the movements. There's just not enough to fit in the hour. Right. So, so we do kind of limit the movements down to, you know, six kind of being on the higher side and every once in a while we'll go more than that. But, but, uh, and that's just because it, you know, we have to fit it into the time, the time slot. But uh, I think that's, I think that's good. I, I hope you guys, I hope you guys who are doing the spark love it. And, and uh, if you guys haven't, uh, haven't tried it yet, you should definitely um, think about trying it out and adding it on as a, as a class. I think it's a, it's a great addition to the, to, to the program. Um, let's, let's talk about this procrastination, uh, uh, video or video. I was going to say this procrastination article. You know, let's stop, let's stop procrastinating. Let's do it. Um, so this is on the New York, New York times. I'll put a link, I'll put a link in the description so you guys can, you guys can uh, check it out for yourselves. Um, but, but again, if you guys who, you're, who are regular listeners, listeners know, I like to, I like this little graphic by the way, that airplanes flying. The, um, <laughs> the, the, we like to take, I like to take articles and, you know, recent research or whatever and kind of break it down and, and talk about, is it real? Uh, maybe give you guys some more action item things you can do, um, to help create change in your lives and in the world around you. Um, and so what was your first thoughts about this program or this? this uh, for me, I am the ultimate procrastinator <laughs> for sure. Uh, what I really liked was how it talked about it being more of an emotional response. So feelings of self-doubt and insecurity about the task at hand. So you go off and you do something that, you know, you're comfortable with. Um, and yeah, so, so that's, that's the big paradigm shift, right? Yeah. Like, and this kind of blew my mind was cause I'm, I'm a pretty good at procrastinating too. And, um, uh, it, it's that people, uh, what, what you have to realize is, it, is that you're procrastinating uh, because it, uh, it's, it's emotional, right? It's actually, you're avoiding uncomfortable uh, feelings like, you know, you're not good enough or like this is going to suck when I'm doing it or, or uh, things like that where, where you're, you're basically putting, off, putting it off. And so what you do is you, is you then shovel it off to somebody else, right? And what the article talks about, and this is true in the research, is that we as humans have trouble uh, feeling familiar with our future selves. Like we feel like it's a stranger and that's why we have a hard time implementing new habits and changing our behaviors that are going to help our future selves. And so we just, we just shovel off. Oh, well, I'll just do it later. It's like handing it off to a stranger. Right. And so then we go on procrastinating and doing 
doing these other things, right? And it just adds uh, to the stress, right? So there's a stress of doing the task, <clears throat> now you've put it off, and so you're still dealing with that stress. I like how they talk about um, the instant gratification part of it. So what they're saying is, is like, you're not being lazy because you're replacing the task with another task. And by doing that other task, you get a little satisfaction out of it. So um, it, it definitely, you know, increases your endorphins about that moment. But then later on, you still have to deal with, you know, the stress and all the negative feelings associated with the tax. That you yeah. What, what did you say about college? Oh yeah. I had the cleanest apartment in college <laughs> whenever I had to write a paper, cause that was the thing that was always the most stressful for me. Um, I had the cleanest apartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's something that, that we all do, you know, and that's where procrastination can sometimes you can use it to your advantage, right? There's two ways that I know of to use procrastination to your advantage. If it's putting off, um, you can put if you can put off like a major purchase or or um, something that that um, you know is going to cost you money, um, you know, and instead of buying it in the moment, you know, when you're just you know surfing Amazon or whatever, procrastinate, put it off. So like I'm going to come back to this. I'm just going to leave this tab open and you know wait a day or two, and if I still want it, then I then I'll get it right. Or I'm going to do more research. And so if you can put those things off, that's actually can be a good way to use procrastination. Um, mm -hmm. Things things that you know that um, uh, maybe you shouldn't be impulse doing. Um, and then the other thing is, is if you can switch tasks, right? This is one of the ways to be efficient is, you know, it, you, you, can, you can be putting things off, but if you're going to procrastinate, maybe try to do something else that, that is also going to be productive, maybe something else you've been putting off. And sometimes by just changing tasks, it, you, can, you, can, you know, it feels like something different. So you can, instead of just doing something like surfing, surfing social media, you can go work on that other task. That, that can be another way to use procrastination. So cleaning the apartment's not the worst thing in the world, but, but it's yeah. definitely not a priority. <laughs> right. right. You know, if, if, you had, if you had procrastinated by, you know, studying for another, another uh, class or, or working on some other project, you know, that might have been a little bit better. But that's right. kind of what we're talking about, you guys, is, is, is the, procra the, the procrastination happens because we're, we're avoiding those uncomfortable feelings. And, right. and so, so we end up usually doing something that's not nearly as time critical. And I think, and I think what some of the advice that I really liked, um, what was your favorite takeaway? Uh, so basically you have to kind of reward yourself for doing those tasks that you don't want to do. Right. I've actually been reading a, um, listening to a podcast, a podcast, uh, audio book about, uh, it's called how to stop feeling like shit. And one of the things it talks about is how we negative speak to ourselves. Like we speak to ourselves in a way that we would never speak to anybody else. And so when we're procrastinating, we're just like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to suck at this. It's going to be so bad. They're going to hate it kind of feelings about this task. Sometimes like it's schoolwork or a project for work. Um, so we do something that we feel some sort of reward for. So this is saying just kind of like, you know, having, giving yourself some more positive thoughts, uh, forgiving yourself for procrastinating and then moving forward and then somehow rewarding yourself for all. Yeah, they, they call it the bigger, better offer, BBO. Yeah. The bigger, better offer. Yeah. But yeah, the, I think the self-compassion is kind of what you're talking about. And, they, exactly. and, they, and the, some of the studies that they said was, um, giving yourself like letting, like remembering like, Hey, I've done this before in the past or, 
you know, I remember how, what, how good it felt to get this thing done um, and remembering those, those feelings and saying like, yeah, I, I know I've been procrastinating for the last, you know, 20 minutes or whatever, but, but, uh, um, but yeah, I've done this, I can do this, you know, and, and giving yourself kind of the, the leeway, like, again, like, like your parenting or like when you're coaching, you know, giving yourself that, that like talking to yourself like that versus beating yourself up and trying to kick yourself in the pants and get motivated is, you know, when, when you have that self-compassion, like the, the research that they, that they did was, you know, people who kind of gave themselves compassion on studying for an exam were less likely to, to do, to procrastinate the next time versus, okay. you know, the people who beat themselves up because they procrastinated too much were more likely to procrastinate the next time because it, again, it was the association with the negative feelings. Right. The procrastination just adds to the extra, you know, if you, if you already feel bad about procrastinating and then you beat yourself up, you're just stacking on more bad feelings. So you're more likely to procrastinate the next time. Right. And then the, the bigger, better offer, you know, is, is really just sort of like, you know, um, uh, thinking about all the benefits of doing it and, and trying to make, get, you know, get your mind wrapped around, uh, uh, this, this concept of, of, you know, what are the actual benefits of getting this thing done? Versus, right. versus the, you know, thinking about the negative thoughts of, of how uncomfortable it's going to be or whatever, you know. I really like the, um, some of the other action items with the, uh, like, cultivate curiosity, you know. Mm -hmm. so, so it's like if you, start, if you find yourself procrastinating, a lot of times you don't realize you're doing it, right? You solve something, wait, why am I procrastinating? And, and it's usually, you know, you, if you just step back outside of yourself and, view, and remember what you were doing before this, what feelings you're having, just be curious about like, why am I procrastinating this? Why am I putting this off? Right. And, and, and thinking about it that way can sometimes help you realize, oh, those, are, those, are, those feelings are silly, you know, like they don't really make any sense, you know, or is it really intense, you know, like what's really going on here? You know, why, why is this, you know, and how, how, can I, how can I work on those feelings and not just the task at hand? And then, I, and then I like to consider the next, next action. So they mentioned that the kind of the age old uh, advice is always just get started on the smallest piece possible, you know, and that's, that's obviously uh, effective, but sometimes, sometimes just thinking about, you know, the next, the next step. Okay. I've got to, I've got to, you know, write this article or, or I've got to, um, you know, start this report uh, for work. And, you know, what you can do is just open the, open the, think about opening the, the, uh, the document, right. Or the program. And, and I guess they're called apps now. I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. <laughs> you open the app and then, you know, just think about opening the app and, and putting the date, you know, or putting your name right. down or whatever you got to do. And you just think about it and then you're like, okay, like I could do that. And then you go do it. And then you think about the next task and, you know, and th that really helps you get started in, in getting things done. Right. Right. I, I have many times just said, okay, well just, if you're doing a spreadsheet, right, uh, just frame it out, right? Get the framework done. Mm -hmm. And then usually by the time you've started the framework, you've gotten those juices flowing in your brain and you just start doing on the project. And before you know it, it's done. Know, it's done. Yeah. yeah and and um, I also like the, the one where it's make your temptations more inconvenient and also uh -huh. make your good habits better. And this yeah. is something that we talked about in one of the other podcasts, which was the push pull technique when it comes to changing behavior. You know, if you, you, you know, if you can work a problem from both ends, you know, so, so for, for example, with social media, like, oh, I, I, you know, I do too much social media. And so it's like, okay, you know, make it harder to, to sign in or log in and delete the apps or whatever. And then also figure out a way to, you know, reward yourself for something that you did well. So you're, you're working the problem from both ends. So you can imagine like, 
that you've got this big, this big heavy sled, so to speak, that you've got to move. Well, if you have one person pulling it and one person pushing it, it's going to go a lot easier than if you, yeah. than if you're just trying to pull or just trying to push. Um, uh, and, and so I think, I think a lot of times people are struggling with procrastination now because there's just so many things. Um, you guys, I, I, I would imagine that you guys listening to this are procrastinating on things you need to get done right now <laughs> in your lives or something else that you know you need to get started. And, and, uh, and again, using some of these, some of the, these, the, the biggest paradigm shift is, is that what is the feelings that are going on associated with this? And, and are you really avo just avoiding those feelings? Is, is that what's going on or is it, or is it something else? Right. And, and so right. step back and then, and then use some of these techniques like being curious, you know, give yourself compassion, being curious about your, about what's really going on, considering the first, the first steps to, to get started. And then also this sort of push pull technique of, of, you know, uh, um, blocking things. So like what, what are some of the things that you could do um, from a, making it more inconvenient or making the good habits more convenient? Um, I think sometimes just actually taking myself out of uh, the space. So for instance, um, if I need to do some work on the computer, actually taking the computer to like a coffee shop or something and working on it there. Change, change the scenery. Change yeah. Scenery, right. So to get away from all the, you know, Oh, look at the dust on that shelf, you know? That. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's an important, uh, an important one too, is, is that when we're, when we're in a, a specific environment, we tend to, um, you know, fall into the same behaviors and same habits. And this is why it's so hard to work from home because our mm -hmm. home is usually where we're relaxing and, and, you know, cooking and cleaning and, and watching TV and all that stuff. And so it's, it's easy to, it's, it takes a lot of practice to like, say, this is my work zone and I'm, right. I'm in the moment, you know? So when we work from home, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's important that you, you know, you get dressed and you actually act like you're going to work and that puts you in the mindset. Or like you said, you can always leave that environment and find some somewhere else to, to, to focus in and get work done. Um, and that's, and that's why you should never, you know, it's, 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 you, you shouldn't, I shouldn't say never, but it's, it's really good to not watch TV in bed. You know, bed should be just for sleeping and for other recreation activities and not, and not for um, working and, and watching TV and, you know, reading can be, you know, something you do, you, you do in bed if it helps you fall asleep. But um, for those of you guys who struggle with sleep, like many people do, you know, it's, it's important that that space is just for that, that task. The, yeah. um, uh, and then you also reminded me of something else and I've written an article about this, but there's this, there's a really great, um, technique that you can use to, to change your behavior. And that's the, um, the, uh, it's the stop. And so basically whenever you're changing modes, like when you're switching tabs on your browser, um, or you're, you know, you're, you're opening up your email <clears throat> or you get up and go to the restroom and you come back, that's a moment where you're kind of transitioning and in those transitionings if you stop and and think about what you need to be doing or or what you've been putting off or or doing that you know thing that you're supposed to do um like that you're trying to build that new habit if you stop and do it right then because th those transitions are kind of these magical points in time where we have options and so if you if you can use those as triggers to say like oh okay you know what i'm gonna do my little my little uh, rehabilitation thing right now before I go back to work, you know, like I'm, I just got up and I got some water, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this little shoulder thing, you know, and, and try to fix my shoulder. 
And so you have these moments of transition and, and like, you know, going to the coffee shop is kind of like I said, it's a transition where you're, you're focusing in on, on, you're going there to work, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and so, but we can, we can cultivate these little moments throughout the day like that. I like to uh, break stuff up in little time increments and just kind of give myself a little break. So if I do a half an hour of work, then I will, you know, uh, get up, walk around, uh, get a snack or something, and then go back to it and then work for another half an hour or hour, which usually winds up being more. Like you sit there and say, okay, I'm going to break it up in these time increments. But the reality is usually once you get started, a lot of times you just kind of follow through. But the idea of looking forward to, oh, well, I'm going to go get that snack in about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's the reward, the bigger, better offer. The right? bigger, better offer. I, I get to have that because I yeah. was productive or whatever. You know, I have the iWatch and, and, and um, I have most of the alerts turned off. I hate being interrupted, especially when I'm really focused in on the programming or doing something really, really uh, um, high, high, fun, high, high mental, mental requirements. But, um, but it does have the, the um, stand up. Right. So it basically, if I've been sitting for a long period of time, it buzzes my wrists and says like time to stand up. And then I'm, right. if I'm in the middle of something really deep, a lot of times I'll just be like, ah, whatever. And I'll just, you know, I'll just keep cranking. But it's a, it's a reminder again, if I'm doing, if I'm procrastinating or I'm doing something else, it's a reminder to, to get up, you know, walk around a little bit, maybe do some mobility or whatever, go, you know, right. go, get, go get some water. And, and, um, <clears throat> So I can use that again as an interrupt. It, it interrupts me and, and it's a transition moment to say, okay, what, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, or am I just putting things off? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll end it here, guys. I hope you guys learned a little bit about Anne. You learned a little bit about our Spark program that, that she's been helping us with. So again, if you have questions or whatever, you can reach out to me and, and uh, Anne and I will take, uh, take those questions. And, uh, and then, yeah, so stop procrastinating. <laughs> Which is always, I love that phrase because it's always like, well, that's the whole point is procrastination is the thing, right? So stopping procrastinating is kind of like an oxymoron. But, but, uh, <laughs> um, I have a saying that if it wasn't for the last minute, I'd never get anything done. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and start, and start thinking about it as, as a, as an emotional, um, component, the emotional component to the procrastination. And, and don't try to take on too much at once, you know, like, one of the things the article does mention is, is that stress, when you're stressed out or you're feeling overwhelmed, you're more likely to want to avoid those bad feelings, right? And so you're more likely to procrastinate. And so, so try not to like stress yourself out too much, but then, but again, just, just a few times per day when you, when you feel like you might be procrastinating, stop and think like, why am I procrastinating this? What's the feeling driving this behavior? And, right. and, uh, and sometimes when you put the shine a light on it, it's not nearly as, as uh, powerful or as strong as you think. And you also realize that that feeling will go away as soon as you get it done, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, nicer to yourself. Yeah. And, and try and try to, and try to be a little bit nicer to yourself. Treat yourself like a, you know, a, a child, like you would be parenting a child as long as you're a good parent, <laughs> not a mean parent or like, or treat, treat them like for you guys who are listening to our coaches, like you would a client, right? You don't, you, you don't usually, you know, berate and, and yell at your clients cause they're, Paying you right, and we're we're here to help them improve their lives and and give them mentorship and leadership, and so you want to do that to yourself. Give yourself mentorship and leadership. That's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and I will check you guys out on the next podcast. Right on.